Welcome back to Experts Only. I'm your host, John Powers. I'm the co-founder of Clean Capital and serve as President Obama's Chief Sustainability Officer. On this podcast, we explore solutions to climate change by talking to industry leaders about the intersection of energy, innovation, and finance. You can get more episodes at cleancapital.com. Welcome back to Experts Only. I'm your host, John Powers. Today, we take a deep dive on the infrastructure bill that came out from Congress from a sign into law in the last year. There's $1.2 trillion coming out to infrastructure. And we talked to Rob Diamond, who's a partner at Capital Council and leads their infrastructure practice on the opportunities there are for companies in clean energy and climate to access those dollars and understand how to navigate the bureaucracy to really take part in this once in a generational investment. As always, you can get more episodes at cleancapital.com, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Rob, thanks for joining us at Experts Only. Thanks, John. Great to be with you today. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on. And for, for the audience, Rob, Diamond, and I go way back. Um, not only we're we friends, but we've known each other through campaigns like the uh, President Obama's campaign for president, as well as, uh, as President Biden's and work together in government. But uh, Rob grew up in New York, uh, where he went to... Uh, the, the second best military academy in the country, the Naval Academy. <laughs> uh, Rob, how'd you decide to join the Navy? Uh, I, you know, it was, uh, I was somehow lucky to get accepted to the Naval Academy <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was a guaranteed job. Uh, and I was the fourth of five kids and it was free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, just, um, it was the right, right thing I wanted to do at that point in my life and loved, did, did about 11 years active duty all, all in as a service warfare officer and Loved every minute of it. Like, like many vets, you came back with sort of a, a, a mission to, to continue serving. You know, you transitioned into the, the political and national security arena. Before, later on, you went and served uh, uh, both for Governor Cuomo here in New York, but then in very senior roles of the Obama administration. Can you talk about sort of your role at the White House um, under President Obama and specifically some of the really amazing things you did around the Paris negotiations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I was lucky enough to um, uh, to serve in the second term of, of the Obama administration as a special assistant to the president and director of private sector engagement. I was the day to day business uh, community liaison uh, there in the West Wing and, and uh, 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 in the office of public engagement. So really was the I called it the traffic director of a two-way street between, um, you know, what, what the what industry broadly had had coming in to to talk to the administration about um, across nearly every every policy issue, short of short of pure national security stuff. Um, but then also was the was the outgoing, um, making sure we were we were partnering with um, businesses of, of of all sizes across the country on all the administration's initiatives. One one, one of the key ones that as you well know and you were part of, and everybody listening to this knows was was the Paris Climate Accord. Um, we put a major private sector initiative together called the American Business Act on Climate Pledge, right. um, where which provided a vehicle for for companies to formally step up. Uh, and partner with the White House and, 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 and the U.S. government as a whole as it went into Paris uh, to negotiate um, that, that treaty and really demonstrate that it was a whole of, um, uh, whole of nation effort. You know, you had uh, the great work that Mike Bloomberg and the, and the mayors were doing and the cities were doing. You had 
the great work that all the NGOs and the environmentalists are doing. Obviously, you had the, the bi multilateral negotiations that the White House and the State Department were were, were doing, um, and then you had the business community, and it was it was a privilege to work on that and, and help bring that bring that powerful voice to bear. So, yeah, I think it's important for folks that don't really understand it that you know having sort of a as Rob called it a traffic cop, but really helping to navigate all the moving pieces uh, within government. You know, a lot of folks that are maybe in small business will rely on their industry groups, but you know, when you really want to have impact and understanding the the opportunities there, you know. Knowing the traffic cops or the folks that used to be the traffic cops is really important because it is a uh, many people for it's a, it's a black box and how it operates. But if you've been inside that box, you can really help people navigate it. Yeah, well, I mean, and there's a robust like once again um, under the Biden administration, a robust office of public engagement led by Cedric Richmond, um, and and they're they're there to facilitate dialogue with the White House and 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 steer you through and bring the right agency people to bear. So it, it doesn't have to be a black box. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So you went on to join uh, Capital Council and and for folks that are, aren't aware, you know, Capital Council is a full service bipartisan uh, and bicameral advocacy uh, organization, a lobbying firm to help uh, companies get their, get, get their issues heard, but also understand how to access what's going on in Washington. Can you talk a little bit about Capital Council and sort of why you chose that firm? Yeah, um, I uh, uh, joined um, just a, not quite a year and a half ago, right after the, the Biden-Harris uh, election, um, and uh, took a, a role as the partner uh, Capital Council, as you mentioned, which is a bipartisan um, lobbying firm based out of Washington, D.C. We've been around for 15 years, uh, just last month. Um, uh, covers, again, Senate, House, R's and D's, and, and I, I lead our executive branch work, so I do the outreach to the White House and um, the executive agency side. Um, just, um, you know, it was a real opportunity to work uh, on a range of issues uh, that were near and dear uh, to me uh, for a, a world-class set of clients, you know, across a whole range of industries. We do energy, tax, financial services, trade, big healthcare practice, um, do a lot of progressive causes um, and, uh, um, and engage directly with with a lot of colleagues, uh, both both from the campaign and, and from the White House, who are going back into government, um, and uh, and moving this administration's priorities forward. So it's been a been a great, terrific platform to work on, and uh, and, and I've enjoyed it immensely so far. Yeah. So I, you know, we are clean energy specifically, and especially things like climate tech are are really a growing industry, a maturing industry. And a lot of folks that are in it either come from the technology side or maybe the finance side and just don't have the history of Washington or the impact that, you know, working with a lobbying firm can do uh, for your company or for your issues. Can you talk a little bit about why, why folks are engaging you, specifically folks that may have a clean energy uh, uh, angle to their company? Because you've got some pretty big clients. You probably can't talk about it, but some pretty big clients. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you know our our, our founding partners like to use the the the, the three P's uh, as to as to why you know what 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 we do in the the lobbying and, and advocacy um, world more broadly. You know, one is the the, the policy. You know, to help shape um, the right policy and 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 access policymakers and have that dialogue um, with the policymakers. But you can have the best policy in the world and if you don't understand the politics the second p the politics it, it doesn't matter because frankly it's 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 some regards it's all politics um these are right. all elected officials at every level and, and 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 it all has to uh work on a political level as well and so most of us come from 
campaign backgrounds and political backgrounds as well as policy backgrounds having worked in and out of government um and then the last part is really the process you, you just have to understand that there there is a there is a process to this to being the third p um about how legislation moves about how the interagency works at the white house level and how the white house policy process uh works and where the executive branch and the and the, and the legislative branch bring that process together um so that, that, when you put that set of stuff, it, 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 it's a complicated, it makes any issue infinitely more complicated um, to understand all those moving parts. And that's, you know, that's our day job to help help folks understand, um, you know, again, the policy, the, pro, the, the politics and the process to get something across the finish line. Yeah. So using your three P's, I'm going to come back to the infrastructure legislation that did pass. But for folks that don't understand, there were two major efforts moving this fall and really a monumental effort by the administration doing something that maybe had never been done before, which is almost two significant sister pieces of legislation worth really trillions of dollars in action. Uh, but I think people often confuse the, infrastructure, the bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed with what's, what's in Build Back Better. Th putting on your climate and clean energy cap, could you sort of break down which was which? And then we'll talk, we'll tie deeper into the infrastructure bill. Yeah, absolutely. And I, frankly, I'd actually had a third because you had an American rescue plan right. um, that, that the administration led with that was that was, you know, entirely essentially COVID, you know, a COVID emergency um supplemental, which was $1.9 trillion. So that's yeah. a, you know, so they got that, you know, essentially immediately done and then pivoted to you know what was originally a very broad, broadly defined effort around infrastructure. Um, and as folks remember, it was initially defined both by traditional hard infrastructure roads bridges ports rails that type of stuff but also you know human infrastructure as they defined it really more the social um, infrastructure and as, as the process last year um, took root th those sort of split into two into two paths and you had a, a bipartisan negotiation around the traditional definition of infrastructure again roads and bridges and ports and rail um, which which led to a, a bipartisan infrastructure agreement, um, and then you and then you have the administration basically separate out the rest of its um, 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 kind of social infrastructure um, policies into the Build Back Better um, framework, and so the bipartisan uh, infrastructure uh, framework moved moved forward. Uh, we had, we had a, a bipartisan. Uh, vote in the Senate and and 13 House Republicans step step forward and vote for it and the president in November signed that into law that's a that's a and as you mentioned it's a historic 1.2 trillion dollar investment uh, really the right. largest in generations into um, our our roads our bridges our airports uh, but also significantly for this for this community in, into electric yeah. vehicle charging into grid modernization uh, into broadband expansion, into and, and money for replacing every lead pipe in the country, and, and you know, so that there's a significant amount of energy and 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 renewable stuff in this um, infrastructure. People do think as of the Build Back Better plan as as the climate bill, but and and, and it has a lot in there. A lot of that really around the the incentives and the tax code. Um, you know, in particular, are the made you know major moving chunks of that, but 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 the you know to to build the kind of energy infrastructure of the future, a lot of that money is in this bill and has been passed and is being funded. Uh, you know, DOE itself has got um, you know probably I, I, the um, 
you know, it's I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty-two billion dollars of this just go to the department, just go to the Department of Energy. Um, They're hiring a thousand uh, people right now just to figure out how to hire a, hire a thousand people, and and they are you know, w- with a mission to really you know re- redesign and 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 figure out how to deliver clean renewable energy to to Americans, and that's all in that's all funded. That's all funded in this bill. Yeah. So. And I think for for the audience, like where you're going to, what's still on the table are things like this energy storage investment tax credit, the extension of the ITC for solar, things like direct pay, but a lot of the true infrastructure meet, uh, you know, is is in this current bill. And what I want to talk, Rob, about is, you know, how to begin to get access to that, right? What are, how should companies think about tapping into that? Because it's not, you know, the doors, it's not like they're, there's going to be one, one dump truck that pours it all out tomorrow. Like it's going to be a process and people need to understand that process and access it. So can you talk about sort of the big areas of investment of the infrastructure bill first? And I think you hit on some of these, but then we'll sort of break it down into the, the, the uh, clean energy buckets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, you know, this is, this is $1.2 trillion, essentially over five years that, that the government is going to spend um, uh, across probably nine or ten different federal agencies. So as you mentioned, it's 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 quite an undertaking. Um, the White House itself has stood up, a, you know, an, an, a, an infrastructure office led by Mitch Landrieu, former mayor of New Orleans, to coordinate, um, you know, across the interagency. So this is really a whole, uh, in some respects, a, a whole of government um, effort uh, to to. If people start- are not aware, just because it passed. Like now they're figuring out how to do it. Right, right. right. Like it's passed, it's to like... law. This is all about implementation. Yep. Um, this is all about how do we get this money out um, uh, of Washington, out into the, the states and cities and localities around the country, and then and into these projects. So, um, yeah, I think there's a couple important things to, to know. I mean, one, um, there's really two ways that this money leaves Washington, D.C., um, one is what's called through a formula-based approach, and one is called a you know a competitive grant approach. And 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 one theme across both of those um, channels is that almost all of this money goes to a, a public entity. Um, this is money that's going to states, uh, to cities, to counties, um, and and you know or and, and or but but that's not it. I mean also transit authorities and regional economic development authorities, um, really, you know, tribal entities are an important player here. Um, but the money does flow from Washington almost, almost entirely under this law to a, to another public entity. Um, and, 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 um, the reason that's important is because that's where the actual for, for companies looking to, 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 to play in this, the actual contracts and the actual RFPs that, that companies can compete for will be at that state city county level. And, 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 and yeah. so, you, you know, it's one thing to be tracking what's coming out of Washington and understanding what the different programs are. And we'll talk more about the different pr- uh, priority programs. But for companies at the end of the day, you, you're, not, you're not getting a grant from the federal government out of this. You've got to be engaged at the state and local level and be tracking what they're doing there because that's where, the, that's where those contracts and RFPs are going to come at that level. Um, to, so could you just, take me through a case study of like maybe maybe some of the electric vehicle money right coming out of DOT or maybe something walk us through like what one of those things look like and then I do I want to get to like if you were in, if you're the CEO of a you know medium sized company and wants to access this like how should they be thinking about it 
uh, and engaging like a partner like you? Yeah. So there's so there's there's a couple of approaches, and that's a great example because the 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 ener- the electric vehicle charging money um, of which there's um, you know I think all in all total nearly ten billion dollars to build out a national um, electric vehicle charging infrastructure has both a formulaic piece to it and a competitive grant piece to it. So that means that the um, um, the Department of Transportation and the Department of Energy are now jointly um, in charge. They've stood up a brand new joint office um, that will lead uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the design and, 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 and funding of all of this electric vehicle charging infrastructure across the country um, have on the formulaic side are just awarding a set amount of money out to states again formula just based a lot of it on population and, and, and different things right um that that goes out to states but there's also uh, uh, basically that's 50 percent of the money the other 50 percent the states and other entities have to actually competitively apply to win additional funding for their programs under a competitive program um so there's money coming there's there's a there's a certain amount of money that's coming automatically to to states um and then there's and then there's a whole other bucket that people can compete for um and those are very different things and so that you know you've got to um you've got to work with the states and the localities to understand what their program priorities are how they're viewing the implementation of ev charging um to access a lot of that formulaic money uh, because that's that's just money they've already got and that's in hand and they get to design what they want to do with it the other one the other avenue on the competitive side is really you know it's, it's essentially was project specific um, where where that's an opportunity for industry to partner with localities, with counties, uh, with with state government to say, hey, here's 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 what we could do together um, on on and 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 almost do a um, you know under a, almost like a P two P three structure and 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 approach the the departments um, with with ideas and with competitive um, grant proposals to win that additional funding. So. Um, you sort of got to play, you know, both both sides, and and uh, yeah, be aware be aware of what's going on at the agency level, but but be very engaged um, state locally as well um, to understand what their priorities are. So it's 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 a lot. Yeah, totally, it's a lot. And if you, if you're you know trying to run a business, it's it's scary, right, to even think about how to think about so. So how would like how would you guys work with a company? Um, I'm gonna not use clean capital as an example, but maybe a you know, a company that's got a grid technology to approach that multiple layers, right? Because you've got to understand how it's yeah. flowing, you got to understand how to access it. And then, you know, you're talking about almost 50 different fiefdoms to figure out, you know, where to tap it in Colorado or Texas or, you know, or Atlanta or whatever to get some yeah. of that, that capital. Yeah. And I would say, you know, it's, 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 if you're looking at the formulaic side, I would, I would tell you bluntly, like, don't, don't hire me, you know, don't hire us that yeah. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to want to, you're going to want a, uh, you know, you'd be engaged, you know, lower down the food chain um, at the state and local level. And there are lobbyists and advocates who specialize in, in that level. And those are the folks in, in the markets that you're focused on. You want to um, have those, but when you talk about the competitive grants, you you, I think it's important to know, because most people don't think about it. You sort of want a market specific person right so if you're working in, yeah. in massachusetts you want to find someone in boston that's doing infrastructure stuff or correct someone in you know new york's and albany whatever yeah yeah you, you exactly you've got sort of a you've got a, a an ecosystem of, of of lobbyists in in each state capital in each major city um and, and those right. you know 
and 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 you know, and I know people's reactions tend to be like, "Well, how many lobbies do I need?" But but it it, it does matter at, at those local yeah. levels because that it, it it just gets you know uh, the relationships are different, the principles are different, um, and and then you've got a, you know you're tracking different agencies. You know, you go from the U.S. Department of Transportation to a state Department of Transportation to a, a city and or and or regional transportation authority. You know, and, and you've got to be you got to follow the money through every step of that process. And um, yeah. it becomes, it, it, it is, it is, you know, time consuming. Um, where, where, where we play specifically is on the competitive grant side um, because, you know, it's not enough to put an application together and, 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 and hit submit um, and think that that's the end of the process. That's really just the beginning of a process uh, where you need to put together a, a pretty holistic advocacy campaign um, that includes, uh, you know, building support amongst the, the, the federal delegation, your members of Congress, the, the senators. Uh, these are all folks who voted for this money, so they're going to want to have a, a say and an understanding right. of what the what the projects, where the money is going on the competitive side. You got to engage with the program offices at each of these departments. Each of these, you know, there 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 are you know literally dozens and dozens and dozens of programs, and you know even within an agency. You know, there, there's there's a number of different program offices that make these grant decisions. So you've got to navigate all those program offices. At the same time, you've got to keep the political leadership of the department aware of the projects and make sure that they understand what it is and why it's important and, and build support there. Um, there's an outside, you know, this is competitive. So you're, you know, you're competing against right. all sorts of, uh, you're competing against, uh, you know, an unlimited set of other actors around the country also trying to seek this funding. You know, so who else have you built? Have you built support amongst, um, you know, organized labor? Have you built support uh, amongst the environmental community? You know, and, 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 and there are, the administration is very focused on making sure that this money goes in, goes to underserved communities that traditionally haven't been funded. So have you thought about the impact, you know, the economic impacts of the project and, and who, who are the beneficiaries of this at the end? And so there's just a whole, you know, holistic advocacy campaign that goes into uh, winning this competitive money um, even though there's a ton of it, even though there is a ton of it, and and it's and it's out there for the yeah. taking, you, you got to do it. You got to be strategic about it, um, and make sure you're doing it the right way. Is there a certain scale that you know companies should be thinking about? Like, you know, I'm going to go after ten million dollars. I'm going to go after a hundred million dollars to build a build this type of campaign. It, it's it's project and 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 um, program specific um you know most of these programs have very detailed guidance um take a step back last week the white house um put out um a 465 page guidebook yeah, saw that. Um, to this to to the implementation of this infrastructure law um and while that sounds overwhelming it's actually terrific because it has ev it has all the detail for every program in one place and it's going to be a living breathing document that will continue to open up and it tells you um it's like their playbook you know, right like what do you need to do to to get it, after it, grid money or ev money yeah it's a one-stop shop that tells you like what the program is you know where the program office is how much money is available what the caps are near almost all of this all all of these programs have caps that you know yeah. they won't give 25 you know no more than 25 million dollars to a certain project or some of them are no more than 25 million dollars to a certain state you know, and, 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 and it's all, you know, so you got to get in the weeds um, um, with each of these programs. There's something that's called a NOFO, N-O-F-O, a notice of funding opportunity. 
that's the formal public notification that, that the program is, is open um, for applications. Those NOFOs are critical documents. They spell out all the requirements um, of what the agency is looking for to fund um, and, 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 and sort of the prerequisites on, 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 on uh, what the application needs to include deadlines, you know, every, every nitty gritty detail of, of, the, of, of how to go after this are in those NOFOs. And those are starting to now roll out. I think, you know, the, the, one of the key parts here is just being able to track all this stuff because the, right. you know, the administration is, the administration is very focused on getting this money out the door, you know, by the end of the second quarter, I would argue, um, um, you know, we've got midterms in November. So there's a lot of motivation to make sure that this is getting out there. Um, Can I ask a question? So when you when these nofos yeah. come out, you know, I think a lot of anxiety with companies say, "I'm going to put the resources in, and I may not have the expertise to work in the federal space yet, right?" And I know if I miss it, you know, miss dotting an I or crossing a T, I'm going to miss, you know, the, the potential because my my application is going to toss to the wayside. Are you, do you guys work with firms on those nofos and so their responses, or is it larger advocacy, or do you, are you able to sort of help handhold the company's response? To it, 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 it's both. We, we do both. Um, you know, yeah, you want to make sure the application is right. And, and, um, and, and, and I don't mean that from a, from a, you know, that it's on the right, you know, size stock of paper and it's the right yeah. font. I mean, I mean, from, you know, the, the administration fits has, the has fits the intent. Exactly. Right. There are themes they want to see and, and that you're just not, you know, you know, reusing the same application across 16 different programs that that doesn't fly. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So from from a narrative perspective, from an intent perspective, that's you know, that's absolutely part of it. Um, as as the critical first step in building the you know broader advocacy campaign is you got to have the you got to have a good application. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, right. Um, but um, um, to the point about the nofos, you know, they're 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 going to start coming fast and furious here. The first one uh, really came out just the other day from the Department of Transportation what's called their RAISE program, R-A-I-S-E. It's a traditional kind of roads, bridges, um, ports, um, about seven and a half billion dollars under the RAISE program comp that's competitive that everybody, you know, that you can yeah. come back and, and ask for funding under. Um, and that's that's really the first one to hit the street. Um, and they're going to start, you know, they're going to start coming fast and furious here in the, in the next right. couple of weeks, so. Well, excellent. Well, look, I, I could ask you questions all day about how this is going to work, but if, if you know, just looking, looking forward, you know, there, there's going to be a big push here in the next uh, sort of 60 days to get up to the end of Q2, but the money's not all drying up in 2022, right? As you said, this is five yeah. years, so yeah. there's going to be a, multiple opportunities for folks to come to the table, and I think it's really important to understand as those opportunities are coming, and so you don't miss the critical timelines that Rob said. It's not you know, the, the, the whole federal infrastructure's, uh, the federal government's bureaucracy is coordinating around the infrastructure now in a way that I think most people um, wouldn't understand, but by working with someone like Rob to understand it and figure out where the opportunities are could be critical. You might learn that you might not have any opportunities, but you might learn that, you know, you're missing the boat on some really uh, efficient capital for your projects or your and, assets. And I, I can make a strong argument that, you know, maybe year one isn't the right year to apply. And, and, and that there's actually a lot of planning money available under the infrastructure bill. And, and, and folks right. might want to take a step back and figure out, you know, how do we bring, you know, under a hypothetical, how do you bring stakeholders together in some regional setting and think about, um, you know, some, some big 
project transmission um, projects like, yeah. yeah big transmission projects and mitigation for, et cetera, yeah. and come back and come back in year two um you know and and, and for in year one ask for the planning money and the planning assistance and the technical assistance that the government is there to provide really work you know work through that and and, and frankly come back in year two with the application you know, I, I can make a strong you know argument for for some of that if, if um you know particularly there's bigger goals um yeah there's there's a lot of money i mean everybody's going to have some kind of off the shelf you know shovel ready type stuff that could probably get 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 funded but you know i would i would argue there's lots of reasons why to take a step back take some time think hard about think big and think you know think long term um and come back in 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 in, in the next fiscal year and, and with the application because again as you said John, this is a five-year spend yeah um and so, um so let me ask you and I'm gonna, i always ask a final question to my, my guests around career advice i'm going to switch it up a little bit and say you know, if we flash forward five years and you and I are going to get a beer in New York, which is likely going to happen, looking back, what should you have said to me today to help, you know, a company executive or whoever think about this legislation, um, you know, just sort of looking forward, like, what, is it is it act now? Is it like, what, what piece of advice would you give to a company right now looking at this, you know, overwhelming $1.2 trillion piece of legislation? I'd say, you know, recognize it's overwhelming for everybody um, because yeah. it's so historic in nature. And, and, and you know, the cities and the counties are going to, you know, particularly, you know, I don't mean this in a pejorative way, but, you know, second tier cities that are, you know, by, by smaller ones by population and, and you go down the food chain. You know, they, they, these governments have limited bandwidth um, and, and limited expertise. And so... I think anything, anything that the, the, the states and the cities and, and the counties can be doing to engage with industry, to learn about what the best technologies are that are out there, what what you know what what they sh what should they be implementing um, from 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 a forward looking basis to make sure we're not building the infrastructure of the 1990s, but we're building the infrastructure right. of the 2050s. And 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 it, and that and that industry, I think, leans in and, and 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 tries to provide that technical assistance and 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 recognize it again. Like this is a massive undertaking. The 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 public entities, you know, are 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 equally as overwhelmed. And and so the more we can do to build connectivity um, between every level of government, but then also between the public and private sectors at every level of government, is only going to make this a a, a better. And um, and more efficient spend of of massive public dollars. Um, right. And it's and it's and, and it's and it's the right. You know, this is the place where we all agree we should be spending money. This is the, this right. is good. This is a good use of our taxpayer dollars. But we want to do it that it's you know gonna gonna. You, you were sitting here you know another fifty years from now saying we did it right and we built for the future. Yeah. Um, but I think that takes a recognition of all parties that like you know you, you got to get together you can't you can't just sort of sit on the sidelines and and in and everybody's little fiefdoms um we gotta we gotta put everybody together you know i i use the example of like you think about um um electric vehicle charging broadband and water pipes you know that that means we're we're digging we're digging one big trench somewhere to to put all that down we should be doing that one time. How do we dig one yeah. time and put all that in? That takes a ton of collaboration between multiple layers of government and multiple multiple companies in different sectors. Um, that when you dig this trench down the New York State Thruway, 
you're laying EV charging, broadband, and 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 water pipes all at the same time. Um, that would be yeah. the ideal. You know, can we pull that off? I don't know. <laughs> well, but, I think but, it's, it's a good example though, because there's there's this un um, unreal expectation from folks that you know the, that the solutions already been thought of. It, it most likely hasn't. So go have that conversation with the bureaucrats and help them understand how to think through this strategically because they want to, and they want to put that money to work efficiently uh, and not just throwing money at the problem. Awesome. So Rob, where can people learn more about Capital Council? What's your website? I should know this. Yeah, we're, we're, we're at www.capitalcouncil.com. That's capital with an O and uh, council uh, with an O-U. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll link to um, it too from our website. So yeah, and um, but certainly we're always available to talk, uh, even just conceptually, and and uh, give people um, uh, a sense of, uh, of of how we can help and what's a you know like a massive undertaking here, but an important one uh, and a yeah. really important one for the country. So well, thanks for making this less overwhelming, so people can begin to understand it and figure out you know how can how they can begin to access this really once in a generational investment. Yeah, well, thank you, John, for all you continue to do. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the team at Capital Council and, of course, at Clean Capital uh, for helping to put this together. Uh, you can get more episodes at cleancapital.com. And as, as always, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Mm-hmm.